Welcome to Michael Stone's podcast, Awaken the World. This podcast is part of an online community library we're developing, one that contains podcasts, videos, transcripts and booklets based on Michael's talks. The goal of this library and this podcast is to bring mindfulness and mental health into the spotlight. Through this work, we're creating new ways to wake up through socially engaged, conscious, spiritual practice. We're creating a culture of compassion and collaboration. We've left our physical monasteries and we're bringing them online. Before we get to today's podcast, I want to take a moment to ask you to consider becoming a patron of this podcast through Patreon. Pledging is easy and can be as little as $1 per month. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Michaelstone and click on the big orange button on the top right of the page. Thank you for listening. start with a question. Uh, yes, I have one question um, concerning Mahatmigamas. It's uh, a stela. It's not taken, but it's not freely given. Uh, and it seems to me that this is uh, in our present society one of the, the hardest yamas to follow because um, how can we just, just take this freely given? I mean, it starts from taking uh, from Paris to Vienna. Mm-hmm. Or it means it's easy not to not taking the axe of the hand uh, and to be vegetarian. I mean, that's, that's romantic and that's easy. Um, mm-hmm. But if um, I take myself, I think I had to see being able to afford this, uh, this workshop here. Mm-hmm. So, how can we can it go into a little bit more detail and yeah. maybe give us some examples? Yeah, well, I think at the beginning. It's such a good question, you know. And I, I really think at the beginning it's important to practice the yamas in sequence. So, for example, when somebody comes and they want to learn yoga, usually I teach um, some asana practice, meditation practice, and then I give people homework. Do you have homework in Vienna? What do you call homework? Same thing. So the homework I give them is I split each yama up into three sections. So for example, just going back to the first one, not having the intention to cause harm. So for one month, they will practice not having the intention to cause harm to the body internally. And for the next month, not having the intention to cause harm to the body externally. And then I check in with them. How's it going? What's happening in your contemplation? (coughs) of ahimsa. What's happening? How's it going? Or sometimes we'll ask people in the sangha, in the community, to come together. So for example, if we were doing this for a month together, I would ask you to find a partner and to go out for a coffee with that partner once a week and tell them 
how it's going for you working with nonviolence. Not like I, my original background was Jewish, and in uh, Judaism we have Yom Kippur, which is like the Day of Atonement, where once a year you atone for your sins. But here we're saying every week, <laughs> every week, have a friend, a spiritual friend, where you can tell them how it's going with your intention to not cause harm. Like, for example, you might be idealistic and say, now I'm going to be vegetarian. I'm not going to kill animals. But then you might be buying broccoli that has so much pesticides that it's polluting the river and killing more fish than if you just ate a little bit of chicken. So the yamas are not absolute rules that apply like law in every situation. They're trying to get you to wake up and see interdependence. See how things are connected and then express that in your actions. But the word is ahimsa. It's not shanti. It's not peace. It's non-violence, which assumes that there's going to be violence. There is going to be violence. Asteya, not stealing, assumes that culture is imperfect and that there's going to be stealing. It's not idealistic. Like, it, you could have just made a chanti peace, practice peace. But that would be too idealistic. Patanjali is a realist. Nonviolence. Because there is going to be violence, how can you change your intention to try and not cause harm when you eat dinner tonight? And so what we're doing is we're raising ordinary experiences into a kind of ritual so that they become meditation practice. You raise the working of your body in asana practice to the level where it becomes meditation practice. Let's try, for example, Let's try something this weekend. When you walk into this room, before you come into this room, just put your hands together and just make a small bow before you come into the room. So we raise the room up into something sacred where in this space we're really going to pay attention. Just pause a minute before you come in the room. Tomorrow we're going to eat together in silence when we have our lunch. When you eat your food, pay attention 
When you eat your food, actually eat your food. How many of you eat your lunch and answer emails and listen to the radio at the same time? So we're going to take this ordinary act of eating and turn it into a meditation practice. You're going to take this act that seems ordinary these days of taking a flight from Paris to Vienna. And we're going to raise it to the level where it's an ethical decision. We're living in a world that's out of balance. We can't sustain the relationship we have right now to the natural world. Your yoga practice has to become a form of ecological awareness. It has to become a form of social awareness. If yoga does not help the state of our ecology, then it's not helpful. If yoga is only about your enlightenment, it's not a helpful spiritual tradition right now. If yoga does not have something to say about poverty, about wealth, or about the gap between them, it's not a helpful practice. I don't care about your enlightenment if you're polluting the river. So samadhi and the yamas go hand in hand. Ashtanga yoga is a circle. It's not a ladder. When you wake up to the fact that there's interdependence, then you have to practice the yamas because it's obvious that if we're connected, I don't want to steal from you. So they're not giving you the answer. That's impossible. Don't we all want to go to a religion where we can just have the answer? Should I have an abortion or should I not have an abortion? Can you just tell me what the, the answer is? Is it killing or is it not killing? What is more important, the baby's rights or the woman's rights? Please just give me the answer. In our community of practitioners, we have a woman who uh, is a doctor who performs abortion. And as she practices, she said she's come to realize that she doesn't believe in it anymore. She thinks that performing abortion is an act of taking life. And that's her philosophy now. When she really meditates deeply on abortion. And 
she's never going to stop doing what she does. Because the right of women who for whatever reason cannot be a good mother to this baby is also important. And I've always been so touched by the fact that her view is always shifting about this. That she believes in it and she doesn't believe in it. And it's important and it's wrong and it's right. And that kind of flexibility keeps her in touch with how things are. Because every context and every situation is actually very different. So the yamas don't come down hard and say no. But they say in some situations, absolutely no. Does this make sense? So it's up to you to decide what kind of world you want to live in. If you see that right now this this culture is really dominated by fear and a lot of intolerance, then how can you stop contributing fear and intolerance into the culture? And that's your practice. You see? So the yamas are not like some appendix to the asana practice. It is the asana practice. Because how you do the asana is how you do your life in that moment. You can practice asana with a lot of dishonesty, a lot of violence too. Any other questions? Like Al Gore. Yeah, Al Gore. Oh. Huh. <laughs> Al Gore said something really beautiful in his little film. Have you seen his film? Did it make it here? Called Inconvenient Truth. He said, paying attention to the environment. Oh, first they asked him about why he's not, you know, trying to be president. And he said, paying attention to the environment is not a political issue. It's an ethical issue. I was really moved by that. It's not a political issue. It's a moral issue. We are living in such materialistic times 
why would you practice yama? Why would you practice restraint if you can have whatever you want whenever you want? You only practice restraint because you see how things are interconnected. When we become aware and we really start looking, we start seeing how things are interconnected. When we are not aware and we're caught up in distraction, we have blinders on and we only see an object and its relationship to me. And the last four limbs of Ashtanga Yoga are all meditation practice. And we're going to do them this weekend. And in the practice of Samadhi, when you really get still, subject, self, and object collapse into each other. And there's a feeling of transparency where there's no borders and everything is interconnected. But that's not the goal of yoga. Because once I see on this, I'm sitting on this cushion and I'm in my meditation practice and there's samadhi. Solid in samadhi. But then I have to get up and I have to go pee. Samadhi is impermanent. I get up and I have to go to the bathroom and then I have to flush really clean drinking water. Where, do you, where, where does it go? Where? It goes back into the river. <laughs> I was just in Los Angeles. And there's a problem with the water supply right now in Los Angeles because there's so much Prozac and antibiotics and antidepressants and um, Viagra going into the water supply, but the scientists don't know how to get it out of the water supply. They can treat the water supply for lead and bacteria and E. coli, but they can't get the pharmaceuticals out of the water supply. So when I was there in the newspapers, they were asking children not to drink the water. Don't let your kids drink the city water because it's changing their hormones. It's, it's doing everything the medication is supposed to do but the medications are being mixed together and playing with hormone levels in kids. So we see interconnection. And then the yogi who gets samadhi, who stops, misses out on yoga. But the yogi who gets samadhi who gets interconnection. I don't mean get like you achieve it, but you start to get insight into interconnection, then realizes that now you have to practice the yamas. Right? Because I see 
how you are me and I am you, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do something that's gonna cause you harm. And because I see how we are supported by the river, I'm not gonna let you harm the river. I won't let you cause harm to that river. Even if I have to put my life in danger. Even if that's the unpopular thing to do. Does this make sense? But if I'm so distracted that the only thing I can think about is whether my hair should be this color yellow or this color blonde or this color, you know, then how am I going to notice? I don't mean that seriously for those. It's important what color you choose. This is art. It's a performance. But when we're distracted, we're always distracted by ourselves, by the stories about me. And yoga is asking us to let go of that. Any other thoughts or questions? Good. Oh, no. I can feel one's coming. We'll just wait. We have one hour. We'll wait until the question arises. And if one doesn't arise, I'll ask one. Okay, I have one. What I'd like to do is I'd like to get into groups of three. And I'm going to give you some homework. I'm coming to a yoga workshop. I just don't want any homework. This is my one chance to relax and forget about my life. Neti, neti. In a group of three, I want you to go around the group and I want you to tell the group about a situation in your life with somebody right now that's causing you trouble, where there's dukkha. So where in your relationship with another person Is there some imbalance or some dukkha? And I want you to be honest. If we don't really look at these situations, then we're going to be philosophers of yoga. So I want you to be honest and without too much editing, like, don't start free associating. Don't, do people still free associate in Vienna? Do people still have hysteria in Vienna? 
Anyways, never mind. I want you to... Um, I can make psychoanalysis jokes this weekend. Is that okay? <laughs> um, I want you to just go around the group and just tell people, you know, what's the situation? Just don't take an hour, just three minutes, of where there's some trouble in one of your relationships. And we'll do this for about ten minutes and then I'll ring the bell. Okay, go ahead.